S-A-M-I-R-Y-E, Sammy Rye here with another one of those podcasts with Sammy Rye. We have too much to talk about this week. I had a lot of things I wanted to talk about. I just got back from Disney World and Universal Studios down in Florida, my 2023 family vacation. Um, going down there first class on a, on a train, which I had never done. That was a whole experience within itself. Uh, I wanted to share these details and talk about these things and let you guys know my feelings were on that. But I'm going to save that, I think, till next week because there's just too much to talk about that's time-sensitive that you need to know about right now. Um, right now, there's events going on in Fortnite, the Eminem concert, the Eminem skins at Fortnite that's going on right now. So if you listen to the podcast, you can go install Fortnite, boot it up, and you can get those Eminem skins if you're interested. And then this Saturday, I believe it's 2 p.m., 3 p.m., you check for your local time to make sure you, you see what it is. Don't just go with my word but there's going to be a once in a lifetime event a live m&m concert in fortnite you don't want to miss it typically they're maybe 10 minutes long maybe 15 minutes long it's not very long but it happens one time you have to be there when it starts so there's like maybe a five ten minute preview you kind of go into a lobby and then you can do whatever this event is you don't want to watch it on youtube you want to experience it if you don't have a console, go to a friend's house that has a console. Let them play it. You know, you guys can get on a controller, do split screen or something like that. Or just let one person play it and have the whole TV dedicated to it. You don't want to miss it. We're going to talk about that. Also, I'm going to talk a lot about pro wrestling. We used to talk about pro wrestling on the podcast, and I really wasn't into it anymore, so we didn't talk about it a lot. But I have learned a lot about pro wrestling in the last few days. I think there's a big moment, a big thing that could be happening in pro wrestling. It might be too early to tell if this is it. But I'm going to talk about it and break down Raw, NXT, um, Survivor Series, the most recent wrestling game. A lot of stuff to talk about. So we're going to save Disney World and everything else for next week, maybe, or maybe, you know, sometime deeper into December. Let's just go ahead and hop into the episode. Real quick, I had to mention, I had to thank you guys. This is technically episode 140, and I got my Spotify for podcasters year-end wrap-up. And um, the podcast had some really cool things that happened this year I wanted to share with you guys. I wanted to thank you guys so much for your support. The podcast seen about 25% in growth. And that's awesome because I do nothing to grow the podcast on social media. Um, I, I, I don't, I never really wanted to, I model my podcast after the great Bill Burr's podcast, the Monday morning podcast was the first like real podcast I listened to. And this whole thing is kind of just for me and the few people that find it and kind of like it. I don't do this to, you know, take over the world or whatever. It's not really for that. It's just for me to kind of vent. I started this in COVID. It's very therapeutic. Um, it's something I get to do personally, and I can always be consistent doing this. That's why I do it. So it's nice to see that you guys have been sharing it. 60% of you guys share it on Facebook. 30% share it on Instagram. Um, 8% shares it on X. I think that's pretty cool. Um, also, I saw that for a lot of my listeners, I'm in their top 10 of podcasts. And then for, I, I was very flattered by this. And then for like five people, I'm actually in their top five podcasts. And for four people, I was their number one podcast. So that is awesome. And I know one of those pod, one of those people might be me. So for three people, I, I think I'm their number one podcast. That's extremely flattering. Either those people aren't podcast listeners and they listen to my podcast, which again, that's super cool. Um, so I don't, I don't expect podcast listeners to find me and like me. I think people who know me do listen to this might like me or whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm flattered by all of that. So it's cool to see those insights. Um, and 
Yeah, I wanted to thank you guys. I think we have uh, 1,900 minutes of content created on the podcast. I, I can't verify that number. I don't know if that, that was real. It said 1.9K uh, minutes created. I'm not, I, that just seems like way too much content. 1,900 minutes of podcast. But we are episode 140. I don't know. I guess that's how math works. I don't really know. It just seemed like a giant number. Um, so, wow, right? Well, let's keep going. And I just wanted to thank you guys so much for all your support. Um, and, you know, moving into the future, who knows where the podcast comes from, where it goes or whatever. It doesn't really matter. I'm just happy that you guys are enjoying it. Even if there's just a few people out there enjoying it, um, that's awesome. And, then again, even, like, I had, like, listeners overseas. That was pretty cool, too. I always had, like, somebody in Japan. Well, I've probably done that. Like, I shared it over there or whatever. But I had, like, new, two new countries to start listening to the podcast this year. Um, so that, that, that's, that's awesome. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate the support. So I flipped the coin. Do I talk about Fortnite and Eminem? I talk about wrestling first. I'm going to talk about wrestling first. Pro wrestling, I know people might, nah, I'm not one of the spot. I don't want to hear about wrestling. I'm interested. That's my point. That's my point is that there's an interesting thing about pro wrestling. It sometimes it crosses over into the mainstream where regular people, moms and dads, kids of all ages, regular people are talking about wrestling. I have to imagine that that was definitely going on when I was a kid in the 80s. Hulk Hogan, I think, made wrestling in WWF uh, like um, a household thing, right? Household name. Um, you know, his movies obviously contributed to that. Them bringing in superstars like Mr. T, I believe, was WrestleMania 2. Those things got people talking. I remember being a kid, and I like wrestling, but I remember like when Lawrence Taylor faced off against Bam Bam Bigelow, my dad and his friends watched that in the kitchen, like living room, and they weren't really wrestling people. Um, but it was like they were watching Mike Tyson box, right? They, they were interested in Lawrence Taylor being there. Uh, they were having beers and hanging out, and they thought it was cool, right? They were interested in it, and it was really fun for me as a kid to see, like, wow, like, they're watching wrestling right now? Uh, like, what's going on, right? So that happened when I was very, very young. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock did it again. I think, you know, in the early or late 90s, early 2000s, wrestling wasn't so much of a, you know, a niche thing. I think Stone Cold, you know, the NWO definitely... Um, it was it was so hot. It was so popular. People were talking about it everywhere. A lot of casual people were into it. My aunts and uncles were into it. It was very common to hear someone saying, hey, I'm ordering the pay-per-view at my house. Anyone want to come over and go in people's houses? I've been to a lot of people's houses when they're having a party, watching pay-per-view. This was in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, it was a more common thing. After that, I personally don't know if I've, I feel like this. I don't think it's happened in the last 20 years. Um, I mean, you have John Cena and Randy Orton. They're pretty big stars. But I don't feel like there's been many events. Perhaps The Rock has done it sometimes if he's come back or whatever. I just don't feel like it's really caught that pitch yet. I'm not saying it's there yet. I'm saying that it might be about to happen. I could be wrong. I'm not 100% sure on this. But recently, there has been a lot of, um, you know, buzz because CM Punk has come back to WWF, WWE, actually, I should say, and... You know, that might not matter to most people. But what, what's also important here is the fact that um, Endeavor, um, you know, a, a new company has recently purchased WWE. 
And it seems like with some of the other changes going on, I'm seeing across the board, it looks like this company is starting to get in place to try to make WWE something more like UFC. You know, UFC is something that I think is accepted in a lot of households. It's not surprising anymore for me to hear someone's watching a UFC event. It's very common for me to walk into a bar, go someplace, and see that UFC is on the TV. And they had a great track record of getting even things like ESPN and stuff like that to take them seriously. Um, my friend pointed out that WWE has betting now, live betting and gambling in some of the betting apps. Um, so I think that it's going in a direction, or this company is going to do its best, obviously, to grow you know, WWE into something that everyone's talking about. But to do that, you have to have stories, you have to have characters. And I'm not saying everything's in place now, but I watched NXT, I watched WWE Raw this week. Um, Raw, if you don't know, is like their main show. And you can catch this on Hulu. There's an hour and a half version I recommend, which, you know, it has almost no commercials in it. And it's kind of more condensed. The actual Raw has commercials in it. You can DVR it live. Um, and then you can see it on Peacock. But you have to wait 30 days to see the most recent episodes. So I don't think that's really a great strategy. So if you don't have cable and you can't, you know, watch it, um, you can get it on Hulu. If you have anyone in your house that's a student, like this enrolled in a university, you can get Hulu for $3 a month. So my wife is in school. She went back to school recently. We have Hulu for $3 a month. Um, so I recommend that. I think Hulu normally with ads is like $8 a month. And then without ads, is $18 a month. I don't know if I could recommend that package. But definitely think Hulu's worth it. And recently, it was announced that Disney has purchased them. And they should be launching a new app any week now. It's going to combine both services. I don't know if the price structure is going to change. I think Disney Plus and Hulu is worth $18. But I don't know if they're going to charge like $25 because now they're merging both apps. I don't know what they're going to try to do with that. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much you know I would be excited about that. But definitely a lot of content on there. If you haven't seen it, I've seen a lot of it because I watch way too much stuff on streaming. But um, you, know, you can watch Raw, NXT... And I believe SmackDown the very next day. And they just cut off a little bit of content, take out the commercials. And um, most of the important stuff is there. So you kind of get an idea if you're interested in this or not. Um, I'm interested in it because I think that there's a lot of potential for growth. It seems like there's a lot of people in place that want to do something. I think they all recognize that right now is the time to do something. Because a lot of older eyes are returning to the show because of CM Punk, wondering what's going to happen. Also, Randy Orton came back. Um, they still need a storyline that's going to grip and like shock people and make everyone, you know, come into it. I think everyone always talks about Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was, you know, the guy, the regular guy beating up his boss. That was a very unusual thing happening at the time when um, WWE was doing that. That's something a lot of people, you know, cheered Austin 316. They thought that was a cool thing. People bought those shirts all the time even if they weren't like hardcore wrestling fans. Also around that time was the NWO, the rivalry between WCW and WWF. Um, I think, you know, wrestling fans probably liked that a whole lot. I think people liked the idea of the New World Order. That sounded cool. I think that's just like enough reason to buy a shirt. Um, so I think that was kind of a cool thing going on. And it was D-Generation X, also a very cool thing at that time period. Uh, definitely something rebellious youth going out and buying a D-Generation X, you know, t-shirt was cool. They need some things like that. I don't know if they can't do that in this, like, PG era or whatever. Um, but I think that, you know, what UFC has done well 
is they are able to, you know, storytell and put people like Conor McGregor, Sean O'Malley is the most recent person I could think of, John Jones, um, get these people and put them out there so people can see, like, these are kind of these cool people and what this is what they do. Amanda Nunez is another person I could think of, I feel like, that's gotten a lot of attention. But a problem that happens in UFC is it's often that these people get injured sometimes or these stories are trying to craft. Fights sometimes don't get to happen. WWE. F doesn't, or I keep saying WWE doesn't have to have that problem. Um, they can make these stories happen, but they need to have the stories. So I don't know, you know, who are the fight makers or everyone working in the UFC and how they do that. I don't know if they're completely separate and are not doing anything with each other. But it would be interesting to see, you know, celebrities do get people to watch um, WWE. So, you know, having some UFC fighters show up at events, any kind of crossovers, that could help. Plus, I'm sure they have lots of connections with celebrities. A lot of celebrities like UFC. I imagine that's all going to continue on into, you know, what WWE is already doing, bringing in guys like Bad Bunny. And this 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 uh, Thursday, which um, should be, I guess, after you might hear the podcast, Logan Paul is defending his belt for the first time on TV. And Logan Paul is supposed to be somewhat of a full-time wrestler now. So people have actually liked his performances, besides him being popular. Um, you know, he actually can wrestle pretty good. And I think he only has, you know, he probably will only get better. Based on this person's track record, um, you know, whether you have an opinion on him or not, he seems to improve as life goes on. Um, he seems to try to push himself and keep on improving. And whatever, you know, you guys like about that, it look, I think he's like the perfect kind of person to be in wrestling. He reminds me a lot of The Miz. The Miz ended up being a big star. I think that Logan Paul can even be a bigger star than that already having matches against championship people. He has a great look. He's in shape. He's a big guy. Um, obviously great on the mic, great at talking. That's awesome. And then having someone like CM Punk there, like that's going to be explosive if these guys cross paths. If Logan Paul says whatever he wants to CM Punk, CM Punk whatever says he wants to Logan Paul, it's just going to make people go crazy. You don't know what's going to happen. And the reason this stuff matters is because I feel like they need more Logan Paul type people. Their wrestlers have not done the best job at learning how to act and learning how to trend, how to go on social media and do things and create moments that have everyone talking. I think Shane McMahon was an amazing person at creating moments that would trend because um, you'd watch a pay-per-view and afterwards everyone would be like, oh my God, you see what Shane McMahon did. And that's not always possible. You can't always like jump off a roof or something like that. Like he probably would have. But... I think that there's still provocative things that you can do or surprise things that you can do, um, but you don't see a lot of that being tried. I feel like a lot of the backstage promos and the things that happen are pretty safe. The guys are talking in a room. Sometimes it's a bit overscripted. It's, it, wrestling was more exciting when you felt like you didn't know what was going to happen. It was a bit more of a crazy atmosphere going on. And I don't know if they're going to get back to that. Um, but I did like watching NXT this week. NXT, I thought, had a, hot, a lot more energy. Um, very high-flying, a lot of creative moves going on, and everyone there was trying hard. I'm not saying everyone there was perfect, but people I did not know, I could instantly tell who their characters were. They had some sort of entrance. Um, they were trying really hard, very emotional, very invested in whatever kind of fight they were doing. That show is only one hour long, so it could be even a case, too, where maybe you don't feel like the need to watch every single show because there's a lot of content now to consume. They have a Monday show, a Tuesday show, and I believe a Friday show or a Thursday show. I'm not sure when SmackDown comes on. Um, and then they have, you know, a pay-per-view every month. It's a lot. If you're trying to get into it, trying to keep up with it. I also saw that their YouTube channel is very active. 
posting summaries, posting clips that you might not have seen from the week, some free matches, and posting matches from the past for free. They're posting a video about every two to three hours, it looks like right now. And that's an insane amount of content just right then and there. But it's free and it's on YouTube. I wasn't aware of that. So I went ahead and subscribed to the channel. All that being said, I think something that helped the UFC a whole lot was when THQ started making their fighting game. I thought when that, you know, that version of their fighting game came out, because they had fighting games in the past. But that game I thought was accessible. It was very fun, very well made. And right now, WWE 2K23, it was recently on sale on Black Friday for $20. I was on the fence about grabbing it. But if you have a PlayStation Premium account, you can get a two-hour demo of this um, for free. I don't know if it's like that on Xbox. But, you know, try out the demo. I enjoyed it. And then after getting the game, I was surprised how much content's in this game. Um, I haven't played Madden in a while. But I felt like games like Madden and other kind of sports games... You sometimes felt like they didn't have a lot of things for you to do if you're playing by yourself. Um, obviously, those games, I think, are better when it comes to you playing against a friend. WWE 2K23, I think, is great playing by yourself. I'm sure it's fun when you're playing by a friend casually. I don't, I don't look at those games as, like, competitive games. You're trying to necessarily beat each other. Because I think wrestling is about putting on a show. It's a bit cooperative. So if you have a friend who understands wrestling or gets into wrestling, you guys want to put on a show... I think that's a really fun way to play, but I think not everyone understands that. Some people just want to win, and I don't think that actually makes it that fun. It's not Mortal Kombat, you know, and not in my opinion at least. But there is an insane amount of content in this game. There's about four modes um, that you can play. There are single-player modes with all kinds of things to do. There's things to unlock. Even when you play an exhibition mode, you earn credits to unlock things. And about every two to three matches, you can unlock a, a whole character. Um, so it, it doesn't, you know, it gives you something to go at because there's also 200 characters already in the game. So I think it's hard when you're coming in here trying to figure out what characters do you even like. I like the fact that some of them are unlocked. And as I'm playing with characters, trying to figure out who I like in the game, seeing people on the TV shows and trying them out in the game, being like, oh, the person in the game that seems too special, but then watching them actually live, I'm like, okay, that's actually a cool kind of person. Let me go try them in the game. Um, I think that's a really cool way to learn how to get into the wrestling, you know, business or whatever. Plus, their community creations are absolutely amazing. You can go online and download anybody. I mean, I downloaded lots of wrestlers I knew from the past, but also I downloaded 50 Cent, DMX, and Lil Wayne. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with them yet. I think I'm starting a Def Jam Vendetta faction or something like that. If you guys remember, that was a fighting game from the past. Um, but the characters look so great. You can scan your face into the game. Um, and people are making amazingly detailed characters. And they have some moves that are even kind of reasonable. I don't know. I played with DJ Khaled. I had him in the game. I removed him. I didn't keep him. But he was fun for a little while. You can get rid of him. And you can just do that kind of stuff and just have fun with the different characters that are there. There's just endless content. There's a, a GM mode where you're you're basically running a whole business. Or you can kind of do it like you're just doing your own story. There's a universe mode where the exhibition mode matches you play. It kind of saves what you're doing and keeps the history of even those matches. It's honestly just way too much stuff to talk about. I even like the John Cena match or showcase that they did for him where they kind of make him the boss of the game. Instead of him being a character you play, you have to beat him over and over again and you reenact the matches that some of the most famous matches that he lost. And the first one was like, you know, him against Rod Van Dam. Uh, which is a very fun match to play. And when you won it, you unlocked Rod Van Dam. Plus, you got some points to like unlock another character. 
I thought it was a fun thing to do. Um, it gives you some kind of objective because if you go in there and you do, like you're just like just looking around. I've had that you know in past wrestling games I decided to purchase where I really feel like I didn't know what to do. I wasn't playing with my friends anymore. They weren't coming over my house, all hanging out watching on one TV. So it wasn't really yeah I didn't really know right. I had like a north star to say hey this is how you should approach this game. But this time I'm, I'm diving into these modes and trying them out and trying to you know get into them and kind of getting back into wrestling. So I might talk about wrestling more on the show. If, you know, things keep going well, um, I think Raw and NXT this week were both definitely like, you know, four out of five stars. Survivor Series, um, I didn't get to see all of it yet, but everyone's saying it's basically like five stars. And I'm really excited about SmackDown this week with Logan Paul. So with all the things you can stream out there, you know, having, you know, three, four, five, six, seven hours more content this week um, for wrestling is great because wrestling happens every week. So when there's a lull and there's nothing to watch, no good TV shows... You can always count on wrestling if they're getting to a period where they can consistently give us, you know, interesting shows. Um, or if you're just looking for action, NXT seems to always have action on, on, you know, on standby for you guys if you want to watch that. So that's my take on wrestling this week. Um, it's a lot of stuff there. So it's a developing thing. I'm hoping it, you know, becomes a bigger thing we can talk about more. I'll keep you guys posted. Let's continue. Music of the Week. For music of the week, since we're basically getting into December, I had to pick Michael Bublé's Christmas album from 2011, which is available on Spotify. I'm picking the whole album because I feel like Michael Bublé's Christmas album for 2011 is maybe, you know, as far as I've come across, the best new Christmas album in the last 10, 15, 20 years. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe 15 years. And, you know, in... Christmas music is interesting because, you you know, any holiday, I suppose, has things that you, you know, connect with because of nostalgia and how you look back on it. It means more to you if, like, you live through it and have a lot of memories that happen while you were experiencing it. So for new newer generations, they may not care so much about that album. But I feel like the Michael Bublé album, number one, I, I've heard it a lot throughout the holidays. And number two, I think it's such a good album. It's I think it's hard to, in my lifetime, I mean, I'm, I don't know, in 2011, I'm like uh, 25, 26, I think. You know, I already have a lifetime worth of holiday music to like. There's not many new musicians that could introduce holiday music and say, oh, I want to listen to, you know, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas by this person, where like I already heard that many times by other classic singers. It sounds funny sometimes when you hear it from a new person. But Michael Bublé does it does it awesome. I feel like all his music, I don't think I ever hear bad songs from Michael Bublé. And I'm not like the hugest, I guess I'm a pretty good, you know, good size Michael Bublé fan. Um, you know, his, his music is beautiful and it's great. And if, you know, it's not something that I think that everyone would talk about, like, oh, you need to have that in your holiday rotation. But if you're driving around and the radio station is not really playing anything you want, or you don't have like maybe your own Christmas list, or maybe your Christmas list is a little outdated, and you have like all the old classics, Michael Bublé's Christmas album from 2011, that's definitely one to turn to this holiday season in 2023. Check it out. That's my pick for Music of the Week. I talk about Fortnite in this podcast. I talk about Fortnite in this podcast because I think Fortnite is the future. I think Fortnite is the future of entertainment. I don't know if Fortnite will always be called Fortnite. I wouldn't be surprised if one day they change it to the Unreal Experience or something like that. But I think that the Epic Games and you know the tool they use, the Unreal Engine, they've always used to make video games and 
over 50% of the companies in the industry use that that tool to make their games. Um, I think Fortnite's evolving and continuing to evolve into something that people don't understand. It's going to eventually be something where that's the ultimate place for VR experiences. It's going to be something where I believe, you know, when kids are in high school in 10 years, they're going to be creating little worlds you can come hang out in. Instead of having a Facebook page or MySpook page, um, they, which I'm sure they'll have also, they'll also be able to have little worlds that they create that you can come see, you know, what are they about and how they represent themselves. Um, and all this stuff is already feasible. It's already working now with Fortnite Creative. People don't really understand how Fortnite Creative works. You can make your own experiences. You can make your own games. You can make just a place to role play and hang out. Um, you can make anything. It's like The Sims. It's also like, um, you know, a racing game. It's also like a shooting game. It could be anything you want. As they keep on adding things, they've recently added rhythm games, rhythm game mechanics, the mechanics how to make those games into the creative tools. So people are making all kinds of music-based games now. Um, I've seen people making what they claim to be beat makers, which I have not had the time to go in there and see if there's any any validity to that. It can really make beats in Fortnite. Um, I don't know. Um, but if you could, I think one thing that's cool about it is it's that third-person camera view. It's an interactive experience, usually how they'll do it. So it's probably not like you know a really in-depth tool. But it's something, you know, interactive. It gives you a new way to, you know, play with music and think about music. It's, 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 it's not even surprising to me no more. This stuff is so old to me at this point. Um, I'm almost, you know, surprised if I feel like the game doesn't move forward. But it's moving forward at rapid pace. And already this OG season has already been over, I think, in about four or five weeks. It's been a very short season. They did a lot of updates every week. I, I, I can't even keep up with it. Part of me thought it's cool that they're doing a shorter season and then might have a chance for another season. I don't know if that's their plan to get to 12 seasons a year, a season every four weeks. I think that might lead to burnout because I could not keep up. I usually play Fortnite here and there for the first like week or two, and then I casually check in for two or three weeks, and then I kind of you know grind it out the last week or two if I really wanted to get the things in the game. Um, so four weeks was kind of kind of tight for me. I definitely didn't get every single thing. I don't think I will be able to. But I got my, my battle pass itself completed. It was a shorter battle pass. Um, but the main thing to talk about is right now in the item shop, and it might not be there for long. There's no guarantee how long it'll be there. It could be there for one day. It could be there for three days. It could be there for five days. And once it's gone, it could be gone forever. Black Widow, the original Black Widow just came back. Was Black Widow was not in the item shop for 1,675 days. It's the second rarest skin in Fortnite. Um, it came out three or four years ago. Um, it was, it was, it came back, I think for one day, I believe it's gone again. So you had one chance to buy it again, might not be back for years. You don't know. Right. So if you're interested in these skins, or you think these characters are cool, then there's that. I, at this point, I buy some skins because they're rare. Cause I think that they're cool. Um, like showing up places with rare skins and I don't know, um, you know, how rare the M&M skin may be. But I know the Travis Scott skin, which is the other you know big concert that Fortnite has done, is one of the most rare skin in Fortnite. Um, a lot of people think it will never come back again. I kick myself all the time that I wasn't giving Fortnite a chance back in the day, um, because the event was really amazing. I think when we think of concerts and we go see things, you know that's great to go see a concert live. Concerts live can also suck. Um, you know, I, I I think a lot of times we people don't talk about how disappointing real life experiences can be sometimes, right? Um, 
you know, how, how disappointing live experiences can be sometimes, how it can be a waste of money, traffic, parking, all kinds of headaches and problems you can have with all these things. So I'm not saying those things are bad. Obviously, they also can be extremely amazing. I love, you know, all those things. But I think that there's a big, you know, um, prejudice towards the idea of like virtual concert and stuff like that. And I think I had that probably too. When before the Travis Scott event came, I didn't know the artists. I didn't really care about Fortnite. Um, but then when I finally sat down and watched the event on YouTube and saw how creative it was, I thought as a species, mankind, um, you know, that it was very negligent of me to just dismiss such creativity because you have creativity of the artist, the person making the music, but then also all these game makers that are faceless. We don't know who they are. All these digital artists, you know, coming up and curating this concert. You know, if you watch like a Broadway play, a lot of times there's a director, there's someone behind the scenes, you know, picturing all this. I have no idea the team or the person who pictured the, the Travis Scott concert, um, but it was so different and all 3D. And the fact that you can share that experience with lots of strangers in a positive environment where no one's like doing anything mean to each other. They always come up with ways to like make it so people can't really troll you or mess up your experience. It's just amazing. Um, the Ariana Grande, Grande um, concert wasn't really a concert. It was more like a level you could play. But I thought that was pretty cool. My daughter liked that one a lot. Um, I don't think it was on the same scale as the Travis Scott one. And I can't know for sure if the Eminem will be on Eminem will be on that scale. I have no idea what it's going to be. But I just feel like as an artist, he doesn't do anything um, you know, to interact with the fans. I'm really surprised he's allowed to he's allowed Fortnite to do something with his persona, or I, I don't know how involved he's in he's in, involved into this. I don't know. Um, I know they have a lot of cool skins they put out for him that I think, you know, call back to his music and stuff. And the trailers and the things they're putting out are pretty cool. And I just think it's also a perfect time for them to do a, you know, real Slim Shady, please stand up. If they do that and you're in a lobby with, you know, 75% of that lobby is full of Slim Shadies, that's going to be awesome. Um, it's going to be a big callback to the MTV moment, you know, um, where he first came out and he had all these like Slim Shady clones. You know, for a fan of the music, it's just a great thing. Um, I got to see Eminem live. I have seen Eminem live in concert, and it was really cool. Um, but this is also going to be a whole new thing. You know, seeing anybody in concert, unless you have a lot of money or you can get great, great seats, you're always in a certain, you know, you might not be in the best, best venue to see that person. Um, and even if you're paying big money and you're up close, you know, it could be bad having so many people around you. It could be, even be a risk. Um this being a you know an interactive experience that you can again you can it costs you nothing it's completely free the game is free you just got to download it you have to have a device that can play it you can even play it on a computer or a laptop um, there's so many ways that you can get access to it and then you can go to someone's house that has a device if you wanted to it's it's harder I think to not have a device that you can access Fortnite on than it is to find a device somehow that you can get into it um, I just think it's an amazing experience that everyone's going to be able to try. And I know that I missed the first time they did the Travis Scott one. And these things don't come around often. And they never replayed the Travis Scott one. You can't do it again, like a real concert, which is also amazing to see somebody, you know, it's like someone makes a video game that you can play for 10 minutes and it deletes it. Like that doesn't happen. And I think that does create the, the rarity to it. People look at digital things and think that they last forever. It doesn't matter by them deleting it and not letting you come back to it again. It does create something that makes it very special. And this is the concept with NFTs and all digital items with scarcity. You know, if you have these things that are rare and, you know, you can't always experience them, 
it does create something. We say, oh, well, I wanted to see what that was. I wanted to do that. And they done something where they could say, well, no, we're going to put this away forever. They have the money they can afford to do that. And also the Fortnite tools allow them to create these different experiences because they they invest so much in the tool itself. It's not like they're necessarily, you know, making every single thing from scratch, even though a lot of it is custom. A lot of the tools and stuff that are there are already in place. The mechanics are already in place. So it's that combined with the music and then they're making, you know, original 3D assets for the concert. It must not cost them too much money. I don't know how much money they might have paid Eminem. But it's a very rare experience, and I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, I think, again, like me, people will look back on these things in the future once it's become more popular or more people understand what it is more, and they'll say, oh, man, that would be cool to see that. And I used to think, yeah, if you're not doing anything this Saturday um, and you got you know half an hour to spare, you might as well just experience it if you can. So I don't know exact time frame that you can you know hop in to see it, but you, know, you can check Fortnite's website and on their X account or their Facebook account, and it'll tell you when it's available. Also, you know, you always can look in-game. The skins itself, I think, look really cool. There's basically three different skins you can purchase, um, which I think equates to about... I think you can get them all for like $36 if you had just cash, right? You had no V-Bucks, you wanted to buy them all. Do you have to buy them all? You don't have to. I think the Marshall Never Nevermore skin, the one where he looks like a mobster... If you have that skin and you attend the concert, you will get a variant of that skin for free that no one else gets. So either you're there and you get it, otherwise you'll never have that variant of skin. So that's that's awesome, right? So even if they've sold that skin again in the future, you're not going to get that variation. So if you see someone in the lobby and they have the Nevermore skin where he's a mobster, but the variant has him like with his skin cracked and like fire under his skin, um, you know, that's going to tell people... That person went to the Eminem concert, which, you know, next week, that's not going to matter. Five years, when there's a lot of new people playing Fortnite and other people stop playing Fortnite, if you're still playing Fortnite and you show up with that skin, just like the Travis Scott skin, it's going to be a really rare, cool thing to have. Um, this one, I think, again, since more people are aware how rare these things can be, I'm sure a lot more people will have it this time. That's how everything works with rarity. So I don't think a lot of people cared about the Travis Scott concert like myself, um, or at least not to the same scale. Or realized how rare it was going to be and that Fortnite was never going to do it again. So this is like a, a second chance for that. But everyone who knows anything about Fortnite, I think, is going to be signing in. Even a lot of casual people I know who sometimes touch Fortnite, they've already said they're signing in. They're already buying the skins because they know it's going to be one of those rare things. Which is going to make it less rare since so many people are going to have it. Um, and that's the kind of a catch-22 about it. But I think when, you're, when it comes down to that rarity, what does it really matter to you on a personal level? Either one, it can matter nothing to you, or two, it matters that you can say, hey, I was happy that I was there. That's like when I, you know, you go watch um, a movie in the theater. Some people like to keep their movie ticket stubs. I know that's something that we used to do. You, you hear stories sometimes of people like, I saw Star Wars in theaters, and they would like sell their movie ticket stubs when they're on eBay, or they put them in a frame or something like that. They're little mementos, they're keepsakes. Um, and I think a lot of times, again, people trivialize things that are digital. Um, however, all my digital things I still have. There's many physical you know, things I've lost over the years or I can't keep or they clutter my house and I have no place to put them away or whatever. You, you throw away certain things. You can't hold on to everything, basically. But I think digital things, again, have all their merits. Not better. They're not worse. It's just something different. And if you want to get into it, it's a fun thing to get into. So that's my take on, you know, I think the concert something... You do not want to miss. I would tell everyone that you know about it. 
Um, and, you know, you don't have to buy the M&M skins. If you're going to buy one just for the concert, you want to get the one where he looks like he looks like a mobster. That's the one that's going to have the special variant that unlocks if you attend the concert. Even if you um attend the concert and buy the skin later, you can you still get the you get the variant, but you have to at least buy the first skin to get it. So if you care about that, that's <coughs> excuse me, that's there. But yeah, I'm gonna wrap it up there. Thank you guys so much. Um, and we're gonna hop into you know the the after show. Movie of the week. Now, movie of the week this week, I'm going to cheat a little bit and do something a little bit different. I'm actually going to recommend a documentary called Bye Bye Barry. And if you guys don't know what this documentary is about, it's about the football player Barry Sanders. And I'm not coming at this from like an extremely like big sports fan or anything like that. Um, if you don't know who it is, I still think it's a good documentary because I think the theme of you know what Barry Sanders is and the legacy is someone who was extremely talented and least to the public. It was a kind of a tragic story about somebody who was stuck in a situation where because everything around them wasn't working out, they were kind of destined to lose. And you don't hear about that kind of story a lot. You kind of hear about, you know, Michael Jordan, he played for the Bulls, or Muhammad Ali was a championship boxer. You don't usually hear about someone with amazing talent and ability not really be able to win. And Barry Sanders retired early, and basically people thought it was because the team he was on um, really not so much the players necessarily, but the whole organization just did not care about winning. And he was kind of trapped there and spent his whole career on a team that just couldn't win. But even though he might have been arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest people playing in his position. There's not many stories that you hear about that. It's It's kind of tragic when you think about that. But the documentary puts things in perspective. Also, it tells a story if you don't know about it. I'm recommending that. If you don't want to watch a documentary, you want something different, I want to keep on cheating and do something else that's kind of weird. I'm going to recommend Survivor Series on Peacock from 2023, the recent one that happened last week. For WWE, WWE Survivor Series marked, I think, a big change. And since we talked a lot about wrestling this week, I want to recommend that even to non-wrestling fans. Because like I've been talking about, I think there's sometimes events in pro wrestling that bring in casual fans. And I'm feeling like maybe this might be a period where casual fans may be able to return to wrestling and get interested in some things. It's a bit early to tell. But if you're wondering, mm, should I test it out? Should I taste it? Can I see what it's like? I think Survivor Series had a lot of cool things, um, a lot of action, a lot of excitement. I think, um, yeah, if you're coming in, it could be a good bookmark, a good start-off place. And if you have Peacock already, it's free. You can watch the pay-per-views or their, their premium live events, is what they call them, I hear. Um, you know, you could watch them right there on Peacock. So if you want a documentary, bye-bye, Barry. You want something a little more action? Survivor Series on WWE 2023, the most recent one that happened. It's on Peacock right now. stretch it's the after show thank you so much if you made it this far this is the bonus part this is where sammy relaxes and you get to just hear lou and hear what lou's got going on lou's exhausted all right i've done way too much stuff recently i actually had a few vacation days coming up um because i had to burn them and i'm happy because i need a vacation for my from my vacation and i know that's how that's like a cliche thing to say but it, it 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 happened um i went to you know universal recently i went to florida 
and traveling with my family down there on a train, uh, which was which was cool, but definitely its own weird experience. Uh, it was exhausting getting there. It was exhausting doing everything we did. We even had extra days to relax in between, which did not help that much. They went by so fast, and we had so much stuff to do. And then coming back to you know Jersey, then it was Thanksgiving I had to do. Um, uh, birthdays. My I my I had my eleventh year anniversary. This is within like two weeks. My sister's birthday. She had a party. Um, my my kids had a bunch of schoolwork to make up. Um, man, there's so much stuff to do. My daughter had swim classes to make up. She she graduated to the next level in her swim classes. She's at the level six out of seven of the levels. She's killing it, and um. You know, she's doing awesome and so, 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 so much stuff to do. She earns these badges when she does that and she earns them all at once, which is awesome. Um, but I was sewing them all on and like creating this like custom like jacket for her, this like towel jacket that she gets to wear. Um, and she has so many of them that I actually fallen behind now on trying to sew them all onto the, the garment because sewing takes a little while. I sew them by hand. Um, I learned how to sew just to do it, and I'm not the best at. I'm not the fastest. I, I think I sew them well. I've gotten better at sewing them, but I gotta sit down and dedicate like probably two days, like two nights, to just sewing these things on, because there's like eight of them. Um, so I have to like you know work and then sew them at night, and it's a lot to get done. But she deserves it, so I definitely gotta get it done for her. But she's so much to do, so so much to do. Um, this week I've been designing my logos and banners for my social media content that I'm working on. I have some new things I want to do. Um, this experiment, but I wanted to unify my brand. I wanted to make sure whatever I did was under one logo, one brand. So I started studying um, typography, learning. You know, why do people make fonts? Why do people do certain things in fonts? What is the thickness of the different angles and curves and letters mean? Why do why do people just do that? Um, and in Affinity Designer, I started designing my own font. I was inspired and I had my idea for a font that meant something. It said who I was, um, in the curvature and how the letters looked. And, um, it was very fun being able to take what I learned and, you know, not just trying to draw letters that look cool, but trying to make something that I thought fit me and asking myself, you know, what would an A look like in this font? What would, a uh, um, R look like R capital R is the one that's messing me up the most. Like I'm, I'm almost there. I just feel like it's not perfect. Like it's, I'm missing like the angles on like the, the capital part of the R, like the circle part, the top of it. I don't know if I want to go like a triangle or more of a circle. Um, and it's funny because like why does that care? Why does it matter? Well, I'm going about it like, you know, it's you're asking certain questions about it. So like. The font itself, what I wanted was to imply the concept of more or the concept of like going into the future. That's what I'm all about. So I wanted something where, look, it was moving. I pictured like the flash, like well, I wanted the words to be there, but like they're being dragged to the left, like a shadow of the word going to the left. But you got to be able to type this, right? So it can't just be like that, like samurai running fast and like the words like peeling off to the left. It has something you can type, actual typography where it's legible and it can have different font sizes and you can put effects on it if you wanted to because I want to make my own font, basically. Um, and I thought, well, you know, I had an idea for a big blocky version of it. 
But I didn't really like that because I thought in certain sizes it would just be hard to read. So all these little things I had to really think about. And it was a very interesting puzzle to solve. Um, and that's why when I do my Get Creative with Samurai content, that channel is what I'm basically working towards. These are episodes I want to do and things I want to talk about because that could be rewarding for you. People, will, I know some people say, ah, why would you waste so much time learning that aspect? Just pay someone to do it. Just get a free one online. But there's a whole art style there that really only takes a few days to learn something about, to get an idea about it. And then you can sit down and do it yourself. Remember that? Remember being in school and your art teacher would come in and give you, a, you know, a, an idea, a new concept, a new way to do art, and then challenge your brain to try it out. Remember that part of life? I remember like, you know, getting like a paper plate and some beans and like making a mosaic art piece with different colored beans and glue on a paper plate. I remember being in those moments. I know in those moments I was completely satisfied with life. I was just there concentrating on trying to create something. And sometimes it came out cool. Sometimes it didn't come out cool. But you had an experience. And typically in school, it would just move on. You never got to do that kind of art again. <laughs> they would just do something else later. But as adults, you know, we can sit down and we can take time to do crafts and do all sorts of things. Um, and I think people think of crafts and think about going to Michael's or AC Moore and just buying whatever they have in that store. But you can craft anything. You can create anything. Um, and I think that's a really fun part of life, right? So... I do my screenplays, I do music, I do drawing, I do videos, I write jokes down sometimes and tell myself that I might go to an open mic one day. I got a few jokes if I had to. Um, and I, I like, you know, I like to always do different things and add more to my life. You know, that's, that's what I'm all about, just enjoying all these different things and all these different aspects. Um, you know, creating roller coasters and roller coasters tycoon used to be a fun thing I like to do. Making maps in Fortnite, something I like to do. It really just doesn't end, you know. Um, if I, I, I even see sometimes people making other crafts I don't make, like my wife at one point was making jewelry, and I was watching them, and I was like, "Man, I I could see, I got some ideas, I have some things I could do. I still have time to do that right now. When I do some other things, but if I had the time, I would, you know, mess around with that for a little while too, and just try out all those things, and just see, like, you know, where life could take you. What is it that you can get involved in?" Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up there. You know, I hope you guys are having a good week. I hope you guys are feeling inspired. And again, don't get too overworked. Don't get too tired over the holidays. i got a bunch of doctor appointments coming up. Um, you know, these routine stuff I'm going to do. And I have some extra vacation days I'm going to take off. So hopefully I come back, you know, rejuvenated next week, even though I was pretty hyper because of you guys um, seeing my podcast wrap up, um, you know, trying to get into wrestling this this week and engaging with that. And then also this this Fortnite concert coming up seems pretty cool. A lot of fun things going on. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. Hope you have a great week. I'm Sammy Rye. Peace.